It was a disaster for us um, from the first minute to the last. I think the first half was, yeah, we were not there and that's impossible in, uh, in a game like this. And uh, yeah, Bayern destroyed us then. So yeah, second half was more or less they, they, they let us off. So yeah, was nothing today. I'm your host, Stefan Butzko, for this spectacular episode where everyone is looking forward to. Hello, Matthias Zuk. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing surprisingly well. Um, is that because you have enjoyed the fresh air over Easter and the weekends going out for hikes? Uh, yes, that and at least Tottenham didn't disappoint me this weekend. Lucky you. <laughs> well, the 76ers uh, have a winning streak of 10 now and uh, without Joel Embiid and Darius Saric they even managed to easily dismantle the Hornets so you know not all is doom and gloom Matthias <laughs> but um, I'm afraid we have to talk about Borussia Dortmund and um, usually we would put the new segment in front but I feel like um, after yeah what had been a 6-0 shellacking we may put this after the game so we have a little I don't know so, something to look forward to, I, I guess. So, Matthias, Borussia Dortmund lost 6-0, as I wrote for the ESPN FC. Garbage time started around the 23rd minute when uh, it was 3-0 for Bayern. Um, in my view, this was one of the worst defeats in Dortmund history, especially in, in, in recent history, and especially in, in the manner they lost. I mean, if you look at the players you have and then at the scoreline you really gotta scratch your heads and ask yourself what is going on um the thing is we have talked at great lengths and at great depth what sort of problems Dortmund have throughout the uh, season on, on this episode and I think people by now know very well what uh yeah we malign and criticize on on an almost weekly basis and i felt like everything that's bad for dortmund was exposed and m maybe even magnified by bayern even more so because bayern just are so much better than dortmund right now and uh yeah really showed how much of a hollow phrase their classical really is right now because those teams are not only 21 points apart but words in my view um matthias I don't even know where to start, so I will just ask you to talk about the game from whatever angle you want, and uh, then I guess we'll we'll just uh, go from point to point. So uh, just go ahead and share your thoughts. Well, obviously, the only reason Dortmund lost is because of Lewandowski's offside goal. Um, no, <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean. That, that is something, you know, we can maybe talk about right at the end after this match. But, uh, like you mentioned, it is the worst defeats, uh, Dalton has suffered since 1984. So it's, it's been a few decades. Um, there was a point in time in the match where I'm like, huh, I wonder if, uh, 
Bayern will break, break the record. Of course, Dortmund have the dubious distinction of being on the end of the worst loss in Bundesliga history in 1978, a 12-0 loss against Borussia Mönchengladbach, where uh, Bayern's manager, Jupp Heynckes, actually scored a few goals. Uh, thankfully, that wasn't the case. I was actually surprised that it only ended 6-0. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just bad. It's, I mean... <sighs> God, I don't even know where to start. I mean, yes, uh, Klopp lost <laughs> 6-1 against Bayern, but Klopp's side at that time was, to call it a mid-table side, would have been generous. Um, Tuchel lost 5-1, the first time coming up against Bayern in the Allianz Arena in the Bundesliga with Dortmund. And I'll, I'll draw some comparisons there simply because that one really disappointed me back then because I was expecting so much more because Dortmund were playing some very nice football at the time. And that just seemed so bizarre to lose that badly and, and not just, just be off that day. What, what, wasn't it the game where Pitchek had to play left back and, and whatnot where Dortmund were just lacking so many players or was it the 4-1 loss the year after? No, it was, <laughs> it was the 5-1. Um, and it just, You know, Aubameyang had some big chances early and then everything just fell apart. But this was... Okay, so I, I know I was called kind of a Bosch apologist in the first half of the season and, and I'll be called that again now because Peter Bosch, he, you had a concept, you had an idea, you had a philosophy, you could see it. You could see that it was there. Didn't have the right players, wasn't the right manager for the players that Dortmund have. Uh, I still think if he would have had the right players, it would have been uh, much more successful. With with the current squad under the current management, I don't see a concept. I don't see a strategy. I yeah, there's a tactic because obviously they're out there playing a four two three one. It's theoretically a tactic, but I just don't see anything beyond that. It it reminds me a lot. We were talking earlier uh, of the Bad Vamavik years at Dortmund, um, where they're just wasn't anything. Uh, and he also had very good players. He had Jan Kolas and, and Thomas Rosicki's and stuff like that in his side. But this is theoretically a better side. But they sure as heck didn't show up and perform as such. And I just don't know if it's down to the players not being good enough, which I think is part of the problem, not having the right mentality. And also if it's they're not getting concrete enough tactical instructions and a strategy that they feel confident in and performing and at least not getting their asses kicked this bad. I don't know. And that's what's so frustrating for me right now is I don't know exactly what the problem is. And I think it's multiple things that play into it. Yeah, I think the most frustrating part is really to, to see things deteriorating so quickly If you look at uh, what Dortmund played under Thomas Tuchel last season, you you knew, you know, it wasn't all perfect, but you knew the players sort of had a had a good plan. They had a positional play, and they were training passing sequences every week on the training ground until they earled. And this is completely lost now. You can see so many positional errors. The uh, positional play in in general is. It's just bad uh, across the field. Marcel Schmelzer said after the game they were outnumbered in every zone, which uh, yeah is is something that that is just unacceptable, especially against Bayern Munich. Um, 
Marcel Schmelzer, for example, is, uh, you know, part of a lot of legendary wins over Bayern Munich, but that was uh, never Marcel Schmelzer alone. But we all know uh, the double coverage they played, for example, with Kevin Großkreuz to defuse Iron Robben. Um, but there was no such thing as a double coverage for either fullback. Uh, Dortmund opted to play with a back four this time. Of course, uh, most of the Bayern goals then sort of were created over the wings. But that doesn't doesn't really matter if you play with a back four or a back five. Because my major criticism is that the positioning and especially, I guess, of your central midfielders, Castro and Dahoud in, in this case but but also the rest of the team is 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 just dreadful you know they all basically stand on a line that means uh, a horizontal line that means they just cannot find a way to uh, counter press quickly if if you lose the ball in in the build up and i thought that one played rather risky then uh you do not have the the distance really to you know get quick enough to your marker and uh, bayern were just running riot and I, I just got to say before before we hammer on Dortmund, uh, first of all, Bayern just did really, really well in the way they approached this game because Bayern, um, what they did is they they were basically just waiting for errors. They analyzed Dortmund, they saw, okay, they make a lot of mistakes and we don't even have to try really hard. We can just sit back, <laughs> quote unquote, and 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 uh, yeah, press the issue if if you want. It was just the the sort of game where, where Bayern were just making spaces really really tight when Dortmund had possession and uh, Dortmund had in that way that they do not offer any sort of passing outlets if you want to build triangles have the sort of uh, you know distribution across the field by your by your players so that you can play a pass um, that was certainly non-existent I recall Marcel Schmelzer being completely flabbergasted as because of the lack of options he had to pass the ball and uh, you know then players needed way too long to think about what their next option would be and at that point the ball was already with Bayern and maybe even in the net because uh, yeah Dortmund players do not help themselves on on the field there is no support everyone you know it's just every man for himself I feel and uh, you cannot win a football game with that um so this is this is basically my main criticism toward Dortmund in in general and I think Bayern ex- exposed it that the positional play on and off the ball is is just dreadful um you cannot have any valuable and meaningful possession game just because combination play yeah it's non-existent the front four is completely disconnected from from the other six players then um yeah, if you if you want to defend against Bayern, maybe uh, do it a little bit deeper. Maybe uh, have one central midfielder actually in the center and not both lopsided in in one area. Sometimes on the left side, sometimes on the right side, and uh, on top top of that, you had dreadful individual performances like Gonzalo Castro, who was subbed off after thirty minutes of I don't know if he even won anything a challenge or, or something, and. Uh, yeah, it, it, it pains it pains me to say that, but uh, Dortmund were not really great in in recent months, and Bayern really showed all the flaws at once. And uh, I think five goals in the first half time were sort of a logical consequence. Um, Matthias, is there any positive takeaway from this, or uh, other than that it was so bad that you can't sugarcoat it? Or uh, I mean. The first five minutes before Bayern scored that 
irregular goal. I, I thought actually there were a couple of sequences where Dortmund, you know, played well, be it just two minutes. But I guess we'll, we'll take that, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first five minutes, I mean, Pishek had a few few runs. There's, there were opportunities on the right-hand side that didn't get capitalized on. And then, of course, like you said, they, the goal that Lewandowski scored that was clearly offside, but that for some reason was chosen to not look at. Uh, I tend to have my opinion of what that reason is that it didn't get looked at, but it, it really doesn't behoove us to to talk about what some clubs get and some clubs don't get. We'll leave that to Horst Held at Hannover. Um, there's no sugarcoating this, really. Uh, to me, it just, again, like you said, I mean, the positional play is bad. Under Bosch, the positional play defensively wasn't good. Um, but at least in an attacking sense, there was something there. You know, in an attacking sense, at least it was fun to watch. Just defensively, it it wasn't. Um, now it's just not fun to watch, period, at all. And I think my opinion is it underlines once again that uh, Castro isn't good enough for Dortmund. Dahoud isn't good enough for Dortmund. I'd like to see both of them leave. Um, I, I think Dahoud's a waste of time. I think it was money wasted by Dortmund. It would have been nice to him to go somewhere else uh, because he's just been one spectacular disappointment this season. I know I'm going to get hate mail for that because there's some massive Dahoud lovers out there that think he's amazing and it's just the coaches that are bad, but he's just not a good player in my opinion anymore. It's kind of a one-hit wonder and those do happen. Um, so it just... But he's not alone to blame for this. I mean, everybody shares the blame. It was just bad. It was just bad football. It was, I, I think, poorly coached, poorly managed. And you can't, you can maybe get away with that against Stuttgart, who we'll talk about later. You can't get away with that against Bayern. Bayern are just too good, too ruthless. Jupp Heynck is too good. And I think it sums it up. And I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit. In the press conference after the match, when they asked Jopaikas his opinion on Matthias Sama coming in a consultative role to Dortmund, and him basically saying, with a slight smirk on his face, in the current situation, I believe Borussia Dortmund can really use that help. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, almost passive aggressive. <laughs> but, but you know, he was right, even though it was a little bit petty. Um, yes. <sighs> it's, it's just, you know, a little bit sad to see how quick players forget the positional play that Thomas Tuchel applied. I, I think the same was said when Ancelotti took over from Pep Guardiola, you know, the first couple of weeks, you have it like, oh, everyone is so unleashed and the players have their freedom. And now look at Ribéry, what a free spirit he is, blah, blah, blah. But that free spiritedness, I think in the long term is more harmful than anything. Peter Stuger right now is not. I don't even know if he's trying, if he doesn't have the time, if he doesn't know how to, but factually he's, he is not working on a sporting development. Any sort of way he is not teaching the players where to position themselves, where to pass. I mean, just the pass quality in, in general, where you have, I don't know how many simple passes, quote unquote, that just go astray a little bit here and there because the players don't train it enough. And it's just something you need to work really, really hard on, on the training ground and they just don't. So, um, you know, there are just a couple of things that, that aren't on par anymore as, as they once were. And I think that is especially shows with, with Dortmund who 
let's be be real they always had a really good squad but i think their defensive players were always like the weak spot like the pishak and the schmelzes and uh you know of course we can name castro socrates and so on and so forth there are players in that team that were always mediocre and the uh, world class or international class up front and and sometimes in midfield be it gunwan or whatnot they made up for it and uh, some players are simply not on that level as as they once were right now but um even more so right now there is not a system in place which I think Klopp and Tuchel did really well that covered the flaws and enhanced the strengths. And right now, that's just not there. So we see Dortmund's flaws really exposed. And um, yeah, that's probably going to be the case for the rest of the season. Luckily, it's not going to be another 6-0 loss, I, I presume. But uh, it's not going to be the way against better opposition that Dortmund just easily maneuver their way to another win i don't know how the revere derby or the next game against leverkusen or whatnot will go so um you know it's it's going to be tricky or if you saw bremen on sunday i just don't see how Dortmund will beat that team because bremen are really really good <laughs> so and they have a concept so I, I i guess we we can sum it up i i just don't want to dwell too long on it because it's it's boring but i i thought peter sugar gave a really interesting let's put it interview after the game where you could really hear the resignation and uh, i think sugar is smart enough to know that he will probably not be the head coach next season and and thus his uh yeah way he phrases things and the way he addresses things are changing because um i, I i'm just gonna read some 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 quotes now and uh, matthias you can then maybe give your opinion and um so sugar said after the game talking to sky it wasn't the first time this season that the basic virtues in which former successes were built lacked entirely Bayern pounced on every mistake we made they intentionally let us have the ball to look for errors additionally we committed individual errors where we gifted goals to Bayern. <laughs> so much on the game and then in the more general <coughs> and then in more general terms Though it's not just about those situations, such a result unveils the underlying issues. This is a team with the ambition to be in second place, but at the moment they do not match that at all. The ambition of this team to be second to secure Champions League spot will be very tight until the end of the season. Maybe the shellacking was a good thing for the sake of assessing the situation correctly in regards to the summer so that no stone will be left unturned. And then I think most interestingly, he said the club has to figure out which adjustments to make. And there are big adjustments to be made, in my opinion. The position of the coach is certainly part of the equation and eventually has to be assessed as well. The club has to define which sort of football it should stand for, determine what the philosophy is, and then take a detailed look at what kind of players are needed for that philosophy. We have many ways to play successfully. We have technically gifted players. We have pacey players that can play on the break. So basically what he said and, and realizes what the club has to do, what we've on the other world certainly have been preaching for the recent months. And uh, Sugar certainly isn't blind. He knows it himself. And, um, you know, as much as I don't think Sugar is doing the best job a coach can do, I think he shifted the blame toward the front office at, of, of Dortmund and certainly, um, you know, pointed out that this is 
a team lacking a general philosophy and that the players in the squad are just not, uh, you know, compatible with whatever idea is supposed to be played. So he basically said, yep, everything here is sort of without a concept right now. What do you think, Matthias? Well, it, it reminds me a little bit of when at the end things kind of disintegrated quickly at Köln with him. Um, everything was, as we say in German, Friede, Freude, Eierkuchen, and everything's great. And then all of a sudden everything was crap. Um, I think he's, I, I'm not going to say he's correct. You can't forget he got hired basically as a fireman. You know, let's let's get the season back on track. Let's somehow get back into Europe, and then we'll figure it all out. Um, so I don't really expect him. He's not the the conceptual manager that they wanted, that they needed. They thought they had that in Bosch, who expressed certain elements of what previously Klopp and Tuchel had. He wasn't ideal, but I think the situation with Tuchel disintegrated so quickly to a point where finding a right and Quality-wise, good enough replacement in that period of time just wasn't possible. Bosch was the next best solution at that time. Uh, Peter Stöger was the next best solution to somehow get defensive solidity back in, which he did and which, which he has. Um, I, I reject the notion that the club and the front office don't have a concept. They don't know what they want to stand for footballing wise. I completely reject that. Because they obviously do. Otherwise, they wouldn't bitch about it as much as Michael Zorc or Atki Vatske have. Also, the type of players that they have brought in in an attacking sense. To me, they have a concept. They know what they want to be. They just don't have the right guy in charge on the pitch. Um, I don't even know if Peter Stöger knows what a half space is. Because it's never utilized. It's so simplistic. And that isn't down to the front office. That isn't even down to the players. That's down to the coaching staff. And you saw it in Köln. This is what Köln played. And this is what Dortmund played. Um, I think he's basically shifting the blame also because he's he knows he's going to be or most likely going to be looking for a new job in the summer. I do agree with certain things. I do agree with the fact that Dortmund do have to leave no stone unturned, make changes. I think that's why they brought in certain personalities now to work with, like Matias Sama. Um, I think there will be a lot of players dumped, and I think there's going to be a lot of staff dumped, mainly the coaching staff, uh, except for Teddy DeBea. Because uh, <laughs> he, actually, he actually does a great job. He's one of the best goalkeeping coaches in the Bundesliga. Um, and there's no reason to kick him out the door. Um, I, I don't think, uh, so obviously Sox not going anywhere. He extended his contract. I don't think anybody in the youth setup or anything like that's going anywhere. I think, um, uh, Stuga and his team are going to be gone. And I think certain players are going to be gone as well. So there are going to be massive changes. And as far as compensating, I still maintain the biggest transfer loss Dortmund have had over the last four or five years is Mats Hummels. It's not Gunuan necessarily because it looked like kind of found a replacement with him to a certain degree with Weigel. It's not Lewandowski because obviously Aubameyang could score goals and Bacuay does score goals. To me, Mats Hummels was irreplaceable and we see that completely now. And obviously the disintegration due to injuries of Nevin Subotic. 
um, didn't help either. When he was fit, he was one, he was a stellar center back paired up with, in my opinion, a world class center back in Mats Hummels. And it just when Hummels left, everything defensively seemed to fall apart. And like you said, you had the double cover in the past, but it takes a tactical mind to even come up with that. And we just don't have that either. So I agree with some of the things Stuga said, um, but I disagree with his core argument completely. Yes, and I, w- I just would say that in terms of tactical creativity, we just don't see much right now. You no, know, but Troy, for example, he uh, had most of his touches from the center circle uh, playing kickoffs. And uh, that, of course, had to do very much with the lack of service. But, um, you know, you, you also just don't come up with ideas how to maybe exploit Bayern's weaknesses. They were playing Raf- Rafinha, for example, at, 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 as right back. And Bayern um, have Mats Hummels and Boateng. So if you want to play the ball long, um, chances are they're going to um, win that duel against Batshuayi. But I thought, you know, if you have Schürrle, for example, and uh, and Götze in your attack, what you could maybe do is what you have Juventus do with Mandzukic, just park the, the holder player on, on the left wing. Let him go up against uh, Rafinha in, in Batroy and then pass it on to Götze or Schürrle or whatever. Just so you have someone who can actually win the ball and pin it down because um, just playing out of your own defensive line and progress the ball through midfield was certainly not a good idea against Bayern. Um, maybe in a, in a different year it is because uh, once you've beaten Bayern's pressing, they're quite open and you can actually find spaces to exploit, but uh, not Dortmund this time because, uh, as previously mentioned, they uh, did not have the uh, means to do that. But um, in general, that would have been a good idea, just not for this Dortmund team. And it was too, yeah, just too risky maybe. And uh, long balls, I know I had to say it, but uh, maybe would have been the better idea. But hindsight is always twenty twenty. Point is, there's just no tactical creativity whatsoever of, of things you can maybe do. And, uh, yeah, players are left alone and them, they themselves do not have that many good ideas either. So, um, yes, let's, um, you know, maybe put our attention on, on what you already mentioned. Matthias Sammer and Sebastian Kehl, um, should get some jobs, uh, next, uh, season. Um, Matthias Sammer will, take over as an external consultant a lot of um, Dortmund fans that maybe uh, you know started to learn about this club just a couple of years ago maybe because of Christian Pulisic or so um, they uh, finally pointed their attention toward Dortmund and uh, when they saw Matthias Zama usually he was the angry guy on the Bayern touchline wasn't he so um Matthias, maybe before we talk about his his position and what he is supposed to do, maybe a quick recap what uh, Matthias Sama actually has achieved in a Dortmund shirt and uh, on Dortmund sideline. Of course. Well, um, as the oldest member here, uh, <laughs> uh, Matthias Sama is truly one of the legendary Dortmund players. I mean, he was part of the successful teams in the 90s that won back-to-back Bundesliga titles as well as the Champions League title. Uh, on top of that, um, when things were looking pretty bad with Dortmund um, in the beginning of the noughties of the 2000s, um, he was actually the assistant to Udo Lettek and Dortmund staved off relegation 
Udo Lettig left, Matthias Sommer stayed, Matthias Sommer um, became the manager for Dortmund who won the title in 2002. Um, and then after a while he stopped, uh, and I, you know, he, he also managed and coached, uh, for the German, uh, FA and German national teams, youth teams, stuff like that before, uh, going to Bayern. He, so he, he has Dortmund pedigree. He was part of the most successful periods in the modern era for Dortmund. Um, and so he understands the club. He understands the fans. He understands Michael Zorc because not only did he, you know, he, he played with Michael Zorc. I believe Michael Zorc was sporting director, uh, right at the end when Matthias Sama was still manager. I'm not 100% sure. I may be wrong, but I think so. Um, so they know each other. Um, he knows Akivatska. Akivatska was already in the club, um, bef- when, when Matthias Sama was manager. And so, and he knows Dr. Rainer Raubal, who's been around the club for decades. So it fits. It's, it's the perfect fit because you're not taking someone who's totally foreign and totally an outsider. You're taking someone who completely understands the success this club has had in the past and has been one of the most active participants in and reasons for past successes. Yes. Thank you. Right now, Matthias Sommer is, um, showing Sky. The German pay TV, uh, station that has the most of the Bundesliga rights right now. How to freaking do it. Um, he is with Eurosport and basically what he does, he has his little, uh, tactics board, his whiteboard and, uh, you know, the, uh, video screen. And he and Jan Henkel together analyze games every week and they do it in a very spectacular fashion because it's highly professional. They simply highlight what's being done well, what's being done wrong, and manage to explain it that uh, idiots like me understand it as well. So well done, Matthias Sommer. He, uh, you know, was one of the best in his time as a player. He wasn't uh, too bad of a coach. And now uh, as a TV pundit, if you will, he is also on a world-class level, in my opinion. So um Congrats. And yes, he has analyzed Dortmund uh, thoroughly in, in, in recent weeks. I, I think it was ahead of Hanover. Um, that was a 130 kickoff. So I think he analyzed that one as well. And there was just a segment just called many mistakes <laughs> where he tried to des- describe and sum up what Dortmund is doing wrong. And, uh, yes, he is, um, Someone who certainly understands what is going wrong and, uh, someone who likes to say this opinion and, and just says things bluntly as he sees them. And that's exactly what he has been hired for. He will be in Dortmund every two weeks and otherwise uh, maybe join telephone conferences. So basically Dortmund realized they need input. They need new ideas. They have been sitting together, Watzke and Sorg, for so many years now, and they just realized, okay, we uh, may have not had the best streak of decision-making in the past, and maybe we just need some fresh ideas, some fresh blood, and uh, so we will do something about it. And uh, Hans-Joachim Watzke basically described that this was more or less the idea of Michael Sorg, also to create the position um, that uh, Sebastian Kiel will now take over, who had uh, made his degree in sports management and is right now working on a coaching license, on the A license. So um, and and uh, he he will take over. Hans Joachim Watzke had this uh, very lengthy interview with uh, 
Watz in, in Germany ahead of the game and I and at that point it wasn't even 100% clear whether Matthias would be actually installed or not but I guess that was the sort of politics and the attempt to maybe rattle Bayern a little bit by making this public just one day before the game <laughs> so um, yeah but uh, to to talk about Sebastian Kehl and, and that position that was created it's, it's uh, someone who will take care of uh, basically the, the the squads who will be in charge of uh, yeah basically the intermediary between the squad and, and the front office who will take care of all sort of things like also I, I don't know just just everything that's to be taken care of there and it, it will take a lot of work of uh, Michael Sorg's shoulders I guess um Watzke basically said you know the guy needs to have four attributes competence loyalty credit creativity and identity basically saying that you know he needs to have a strong personality and to have a Dortmund past by loyalty I assume just someone who won't leave the club if he does a good job <laughs> because Dortmund can't afford much more brain drain going forward Matthias um, I personally think it's the right decision for Dortmund to not only uh, try to make an overhaul to the squad but uh, to second guess themselves and actively so by um, allowing more opinions more input from from uh, yeah fresh minds from the outside in Matthias Amas case and then from the inside in Sebastian Kiel case who will be even closer to the team and can maybe uh, articulate stuff and so of course that means I guess for Michel Zorg certainly to um, give away some of his powers but maybe for the good what what may, what do you make of these decisions? Well, I think they're very, very good, uh, very forward-thinking, reflective, self-critical, um, all of the attributes that successful businesses have, um, unsuccessful ones do not. So from that aspect, I applaud that, uh, especially someone who also works in business. I, I think that's – you always have to question yourself, even when things are going well, but especially when things are not going well. What can you do better? What are you doing wrong? What could you do to improve? Bringing in, well, one, Matias Sama obviously makes sense. Uh, and Sebastian Kiel, former captain, also a Leitwolf, as we say in German, so a leader, a team leader, uh, which is something, in my opinion, is kind of missing at times um, for Dortmund. So I think it, it makes perfect sense. And maybe it's a future grooming for Sebastian Kiel to maybe one day take over for... Michael Zorc, or as a manager at Dortmund in some capacity, um, they would make sense. This would be the, the 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 easy, the right way to do it, rather than say, "Here, you be the manager." Because I remember that was talked about after Bosch was sacked, and I thought that was a horrible idea. <laughs> um, and Sebastian Kiel would probably be the first one to say, "That's a horrible idea." So this is a significantly yeah, and, better and, way and, to do it's it. It's certainly certainly a different approach than uh, maybe to install Philip Lahm at Bayern because that sort of completely went yes. yep. not the way they planned it because, you know, he was supposed to be lined up as the next, what, Uli Hoeneß or, or Rummenigge, I don't even know, a sporting director. Uh, now it's Hassan Salihamidzic because Philip Lahm uh, was like, um, nope. Not just gonna do it the way you guys want it, and maybe also not, you know, being thrown in at the deep end. So, um, yeah, Dortmund are doing this maybe a little bit better with Sebastian Kiel, who I think is also a very smart guy, who's very well outspoken, can um, certainly empathize with a lot of people, and uh, I, 
hope he also understands how football works. This is the one thing that he is yet to prove. He was certainly a very strategical guy as a player and he was a leader, as you said, but he did not always have the technical ability to, let's say, uh, you know, do what he would like to have done on, on, on the pitch. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I'm intrigued. Let's put it this way. And uh, I think the most important part of this entire operation is that Dortmund really have, have, have noticed that they need to second guess themselves, that they are self-critical and they need some sort of change, not only in the squad, but also other decision making. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's very positive. And uh, if the six nail defeat was terrible and a punch in the gut for a lot of Dortmund fans, I think that was the uh, little positive news, the, the beacon of hope at the horizon, if you will, um, that things will change for the better. Of course, there are no guarantees, especially not if you have to make a lot of changes and a lot of decisions. You know, that always holds the potential for a lot of wrong decisions. So we never really know what sort of direction Dortmund will go from here. But um, I think overall it's positive. And I think Matthias Sommer is one of the brightest minds in sport in Germany. And uh, having his input and his expertise by our side is, um, yeah, it's very valuable, valuable for you and uh, could be worse. Let's put it this way. I do want to say one thing because, um, you know, we do get criticized for being negative um, or critical. Um, and, and I tend to be a little bit more optimistic, but we are still very aware of the fact that Dortmund are in a Champions League spot and still have very much an opportunity to qualify for the Champions League for next season. We know we're not battling relegation, so we understand it when, when we do critique and criticize it is within the framework of the expectations of the club and where we know the club can be, should be, and has been over the last few seasons. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I know you had mentioned it before. I think you even said it on Twitter today or yesterday or whatever, you know, that we sometimes get hammered for being overly critical. And I just want to say, you know, we're not stupid. We do realize where we sit in the table and we're not Hamburg. So, uh, but it's all relative to what we believe the club can be. And I think these additions of Zama and Kia will help the club get quickly back on track because we can't forget we're not off track for years. It's kind of been a wobbly season and I think it'll be okay moving forward. Certainly if I if I um yeah should maybe make things a little bit more positive for everyone here. I'm just gonna read out a couple of names. Mats Hummels, Nevin Zobotic, Sven Bender, Lukas Piszczek, Nuri Schein, Sebastian Kiel, Ilkay Gönuan, Kevin Kampel, Jakub Laschikowski, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Shinji Kagawa, Marco Reus, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, if you hear those names, you will think to yourself, well, this was sort of a good team. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was the team that was battling relegation for a very long time in the 2014-2015 situation and we know it's not an easy season for this Dortmund side at all after changing coaches after the attempt on their lives um, it's not really easy and I would even make the case that 
the team that battled against relegation for the greatest stretches of the season before then somehow qualifying for the Europa League in, in clubs last year. They also had a lot of quality. Maybe um, their, their starting 11s, if you compare them, uh, maybe that one was even a little bit better. However, um, there were a couple of problems in there and they also managed to bounce back. Um, so I think we can always be hopeful, even though it's not entirely the same situation right now. I think we can always be hopeful that Dortmund can also bounce back and that this season is, is just a very difficult one for various factors. And uh, after a bit of restructuring, uh, things can, can go forward. So I would say that as a, as a positive note, but uh, the problem is, Matthias, you just put things into perspective. And I personally have two stages of putting things into perspective the one stage is just what you mentioned Dortmund are still in third they are more or less in the corridor of where they wanted to end the season but then there's the second stage and that when I realized that Dortmund are four points behind Schalke and so things are are not going well so <laughs> especially this Schalke yes um, especially this Schalke this uh not really well playing result grabbing luckiest Schalke in the world um it's sort of annoying they have won how many games in a row now six or so I, I don't even know how huge ton of luck just for example that one penalty against Freiburg where I have my doubts and then Niels Petersen get, getting sent off for complaining which is it's BS let's be real you know so many players have been not sent off for the same conduct so Schalke were just a little bit more lucky yet again But maybe, uh, hopefully that sort of luck ends soonish. Um, but yeah. So just to, to put things into perspective. And I guess, Matthias, we can shift our attention now to VfB Stuttgart. Out for this game definitely will be Rafael Guerrero, who will be out for yet a few more weeks because of a muscle tear. Um, I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty annoying now that uh, he has, is going from muscular injury to muscular injury you know, just played a couple of minutes for Dortmund and then played 90 minutes for the national team, comes back to Dortmund and is injured for what is maybe the rest of the season. Um, he has played around 800 minutes so far this year or this season for Dortmund and has not really been a factor whatsoever. I don't think he was really uh, favored by Bosch. And um, looking at his performances, I can see why. Rafael Guerrero certainly did not have a great season whatsoever um his strengths let's say which is creativity which is passing which is creating which is uh, having a really lethal shot from various positions on the field is something that we did not see he is the sort of player that can make connections between midfield and attack we did also not see that instead we saw a, a very bodiless player that did not add anything to the team when he was playing and uh, more of a liability than anything great so That being said, maybe his absence isn't felt too much, but um, we've seen how good of a player he can be. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see him really play a game for Dortmund again. But uh, fact of the matter is, um, it's certainly annoying how um, he has yet another muscle, muscular injury. And I, for one, always feel like those are the most preventable injuries in football. And when they do occur, someone just wasn't careful enough I, w I would even go as far as the same could be said for Marco Reus who I hope will be back for Stuttgart or more certainly um so will Ömer Toprak so 
Matthias, you already mentioned that the the chances of winning the Sunday game will be somewhat higher than the the uh, Bayern game. What sort of game are you expecting? Uh, well, I'm going to quote myself: uh, Stöger versus Stöger. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, since Typhoon Korkut has taken over at Stuttgart, uh, obviously the results have been better. I mean, they're nowhere near relegation anymore. Uh, they're and they even. And who knows? Maybe they'll even make it into Europe. Woo! Um, another early exit for a German team in Europe. That would be great. Um, the, I mean, they're, we talked about, you know, Schalke being dull. Stuttgart take it to another level. And, um, but they're getting the results that they had been missing. I expect this to not be a very attractive game. So uh, for my American, my fellow Americans, if you have somebody, you're saying, man, you got to get into soccer and watch this. Don't show them this game. I can guarantee you this will turn them off. Um, <laughs> I, I don't expect this to be a very pretty game. I do expect Dortmund to win the game because the individual quality is better. It's going to be very similar in the sense of solid defensively and then just make something happen. Um, and I think that's where the individual quality of Dortmund will shine through. And as such, I think Dortmund will win. It will not be an easy win. It will not be a pretty win, but it will be. Well, all I have to say about Stuttgart is um, that Max Jakob Ost from the Rasenfunk once posted a very interesting set of statistics on, on his Twitter feed. And uh, while I haven't memorized it, and I also do not have it in front of me because I just uh, basically read it and, and uh, saw the takeaways from that. And uh, basically what Max pointed out there is that since Typhoon Korkut took over, almost every statistic more or less deteriorated in comparison to what Stuttgart did under Hannes Wolf. They play less passes, they maybe have less possession, they create less chances, but they this they allow more or less the same amount of, of chances, but more chances are allowed... Um, Or, or rather the, the distribution of chances they allow is that more chances are headed chances. So that means, um, and, and, and more interestingly is that less chances are being created against Stuttgart through the middle. So basically what Koko did to sum it up, he congested the center a little bit more and forced opponents to, uh, attack them over the wings a little bit more. And, um, Yes, so it's it's not really uh, what we would call a Hexenwerk. It's not really some witchcraft or, or magic, but uh, rather, you know, a very simple approach to solidify Stuttgart. Maybe um, they do not rely anymore as much on, on possession football as they did under Wolf, who was really trying to develop something. But, uh, yeah, results were showing in the sort of direction where they, yeah, weren't just going good enough. And uh, I think after... Having seven or six, uh, just one win out of seven or eight games, uh, Stuttgart now unbeaten in seven. So a very Stöger-esque statistic. <laughs> But um, if you wanted to watch the uh, game last, I think Saturday it was, against Hamburg, um, Stuttgart actually fell behind Hamburg and Hamburg showed which I thought was quite amazing, but uh, nevertheless, they, they did show that they actually had sequences of football. They also showed the same under um, Christian or Christoph. I don't know. His Tits is his last name. <laughs> Always funny in the English language. Um, that Hamburg 
start to play football all, all of a sudden in the first half against Hertha and now also against Stuttgart. And um, they look quite comfortable doing so because Stuttgart did not really press them all that much. And I expect Stuttgart to also not be that aggressive um, against against Dortmund. Um, if there's one thing, though, Dortmund really need to look out for is that Ginczek and Gomez, surprisingly, in my view, really get along well with each other. Gomez is obviously the, the finisher there, but uh, Ginczek, I don't know, to me, he has morphed into a bit of a number 10 because both are centre-backs that, that can uh, certainly hold up the ball quite well and then uh, yeah, playing their partner. And I think that the partnership has worked out quite well. Um, A big problem may be that Baumgartel right now is not available, but uh, Stuttgart certainly have a lot of... Uh, center back talent with uh, Badstuber and Pavar. So um yeah, right now they're scrambling a little bit because of um, injury problems. Baumgartel may be back, may also not be back. He has uh, suffered a concussion. So um yeah, we'll have to see whether he he can make it. They have a bit of talent, but again, Dortmund should edge this one based on individual quality. Um but if 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 they want to get away with something, I think they They need to think long and hard how to mark Christian Gentner out of this game and how to uh, yeah nullify his qualities because Gentner was a lot of trouble for Dortmund in the 2-1 loss away to Stuttgart where his way of, of winning the ball and, and way of then continuing to do something with it after after winning the ball um, yeah is a problem. So um, Dortmund, please do not give up possession to Christian Gentner as much who has been moved around quite a bit by Korkut. It's a bit awkward. He sometimes plays on the wing, then in the center, then at right back. So you never really know where he will pop up on the field because uh, there's not that ideal position for him. But yes, please, uh, first and foremost, be concerned that this guy, even though he is not the best player in the world, can wreak havoc against a team like Dortmund. And um, yeah, I do wonder, Matthias, if we shift our attention to Dortmund, how the defensive midfield will look like. Because Julian Weigel, Gonzalo Castro and Nori Schein all right now are not candidates that have qualified themselves in recent weeks for a start. I think Mahmoud Dahoud, although you um, were not happy with him, I thought was the best player in Dortmund's defensive midfield by a mile in recent weeks. And Dahoud actually had a couple of good games. Uh, the one against Bayern certainly was a stinker. But... Um, If you look at the central midfield in Dortmund, who do you actually expect to play? Um, well, uh, oh gosh, I, I don't even know because it seems like Stuttgart just has such a blind faith in the, uh, that combo of Castro and, um, uh, Dahoud. Sorry, brain fart. Um, I would like to see, I, yeah, I maligned him before. Okay. But I actually, I'd like to see Tahut uh, with with Weigel and Götze somehow as as a trio centrally. I think that gives you some defensive stability, better ball retention, um, and some added creativity. My big problem with with a trio like that is there, there's no physical presence in central midfield. But we don't really have anybody that that can fill that gap right at this point. So I, it almost seems to me that that's the best option. And I wonder if, 
yeah, that that's what I would probably go with with the players that are there right now. Um, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it's Castro and Dahoud again. Yeah, that's the that's the dilemma right now, right? That there are just no ideal solutions to the issue in, in central midfield. And I I think Dortmund will address that. And I expect a flood of transfer rumors within the next months and weeks of several players all across the world being linked with a move to Dortmund just because they will make a lot of moves now and ask a lot of agents and, you know, just make a lot of, uh, yeah, approaches, requests of, of players just to see how the status is. And I think some of that will be leaked to the press in one way or another. And uh, with that, yeah, we will get a lot of rumors to discuss going forward, I I fear. Um, but certainly something like that has to happen. We've talked about maybe Zakaria or so from, from Gladbach. I think there are a bunch of names out there of, of uh, players that Dortmund could install. Um, Sebastian Rode is certainly not the sort of player that I would see going forward. But uh, right now, maybe he actually would be a good alternative next to Castro, Weigel or or shine that he could have a bit more physical presence and then, uh, you know, let the hood have the, uh, creative part, I guess, as the more of a number eight. I know it's, it's not ideal. It's not amazing. But, uh, if you, uh, yeah, settle for reality, I guess, um, uh, that's how it is. Um, Matthias, I always think back to when Dortmund let go of Matthias, uh, of, of Sven Benner, of course, at the start of the season. I think that's, that's really came to haunt them in this season, especially. Of course, they didn't foresee how things turned out. And uh, Sven Bender, I think, certainly wanted to have playing time at Leverkusen. But um, I think in the situation Dortmund are in right now, he would be actually the perfect guy, not as a centre-back, but as a holding midfielder. Because you just have to go back to uh, yeah, a more industrious play because possession play certainly isn't working and Dortmund are being overrun time and time again especially against Bayern so someone who can just uh, run and then fill the gaps if you want and close the holes that's the sort of player you want in there right now so yeah hindsight is always 2020 but I I thought Bender would be just the uh, ideal partner right now in whoever is there in, in central midfield I will agree with you wholeheartedly all right um I think Dortmund will show yet another reaction because that sort of been has, that really has been the theme, right? They had an atrocious game away to Salzburg where there was nothing. Just that was a diaspora of, of football. There was just no. And then against Hanover, while I don't think Hanover right now are the best team in the world, they, had a more encouraging game, which led to Hans-Joachim Watzke saying that he has the impression that Dortmund's footballing development actually improved, which is a bit of a stretch. But um, at least, um, you know, that was a little bit more positive with Dortmund hitting the post twice and then actually creating chances. So my hope is and my expectation is that Dortmund will turn it around a little bit um, this also will mean the first week of training in a very long time um, because Dortmund had a couple of um, European matches and uh, then the international break where you don't have the whole squad together either. So now from Saturday to Sunday, Dortmund have time to work on the training ground. So maybe 
I don't know if that will make any difference, but hope is obviously that it will. Um, Peter Stöger will talk to the press tomorrow afternoon at some point. So I really do wonder what will come out of that if he can actually say something about the sort of work he is doing and what he is prioritizing now that he actually has time to work. So um, there's that. And we must never forget what uh, Michael Sock said after the one nil win against Hanover, and that was that their hope is now that Dortmund can actually show those good periods of football over more than let's say fifty to sixty minutes in the game, but the entire ninety minutes, um, because of the lack of European football, and that players now will have fresher legs. Um, I'm certainly intrigued to see how this will pan out, but uh, you know, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt, especially someone like Mario Götze, and yeah, I don't know. But uh, he certainly looked very out of it before the international break. I thought he was not much of a factor against Bayern, but maybe against Stuttgart. He can have a good game for himself because in the reverse fixture, he certainly had a magnificent game and would be nice to see that again. Matthias, do you have any other points to make on this game or Borussia Dortmund in general? Otherwise, I would ask you for predictions now. I think we're going to go straight to the predictions. I think we've, we've flogged this dead horse, uh, for the day. Um, and I'm going to go with a two to one victory for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, the, uh, housewife tip. So I would actually, I would actually be a bit more confident because what else is there to do than optimism, blind optimism? I'm just going to say Dortmund will win this three to one. All right. I guess that's off from us for now Matthias thanks again for joining me and uh, please tell our listeners how to get in touch with you on the internet well you can find me on twitter at Matthiasuk that's M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S-S-U-U-C-K and send all your Dahoud loving hate mail right towards me that's fine I can take it I'm a big boy <laughs> yeah mine will be right in there <laughs> Because I, I actually think that Dahoud will come good next season. I think. I hope so. I yeah, hope so. I, 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 I loved I wouldn't, I wouldn't the transfer. Get, it's just I, been so crap. I, <laughs> so, I wouldn't I wouldn't get him I'm just hoping. now. I, I, I always draw the comparison to Ilkay Gunnar, who struggled big time before he really hit the ground running at, at Dortmund. And, uh, you know, that was a team where things were actually going well. And Gunnar was still struggling now. Things are not going well. And obviously, Dahoud has his issues. But he is sort of improving. And, uh, you know, you can criticize him for being a little hot-headed and, uh, you know, easy to startle. <laughs> and maybe sometimes borderline on a on a second yellow. But, you know, flip that around. I think this is a sort of fire that Dortmund can use quite well and uh, maybe with a better coach like anyone um, he can be a better player as well so I'm looking uh, very much forward to Dahoud being uh, make, making you eat humble pie Matthias in the meantime people get in touch with me on Twitter as well at Stefan Butzko they can find my written work on ESPN FC also the quotes that I just read out from Peter Stöger are to be found there and uh, if you want to get it in touch with everyone just do that on yellow wallpot at yellow wallpot is our twitter and facebook handle please leave a follow like or whatever and please share our humble podcast because we do not have the big budget 
yet the millions and thousands to uh, yeah advertise on our Facebook and Twitter reach. So please share the mouth-to-mouth propaganda, I guess, is uh, still very valuable to us. Matthias, I want to thank you again for being on and to everyone else, thanks for listening. Goodbye until next week. <laughs>